0: Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Brandon. We're coming to you live from sunny California. It's. <laughs> Could not be what? a more cold, misty gray day in Oklahoma. Oh, not. In, oh, that must have. I must have been thinking about the podcast in my dreams where I have a sidekick host that's anyone but you. I'm not a sidekick. And it's anywhere but here. Well, welcome back to reality. It's a cold, gray day and you got a cold, gray co-host. Sidekick host. Well, people, if this is your first time listening, I'll explain how it works real quick. One of us comes prepared with a top 10-ish list, the other tries to guess without any prior preparation. That's basically it. Well, basically, we've got a little change up this week. I have a list. It is a a list of 10, however, this list is a little different from previous lists in that it's very unlikely that you are going to guess the uh the people. This is a list of people. It's very unlikely you're going to guess the list of or the guess the people on this list. So, tell you what the list is and then I'm gonna Is t- it a list of the top 10 insurance salesmen based on company mandated annual insurance sales quota? Close enough. What we're dealing with today here is the FBI's 10 most wanted. Oh shit. That's cool. Yeah, uh, that's As of today, they're most wanted? As of today, as of today's recording on February twenty second, if you go to FBI.gov slash wanted slash top ten in what I believe is no particular order, there are ten, at this time they are all men on the FBI's most wanted list. So I'm sick of the sexism in FBI's most wanted lists. If you have concerns about sexism or racism. Let me just go ahead and preface this by saying uh, I did not make the FBI's top 10 list. If, you're, if anyone is upset or offended by people on this list, feel free to contact your local FBI office and uh, tell them how you feel about it. Now, just to be clear so we're all on the same page here, when you say FBI, you do mean female body inspector, right? Like that really funny t-shirt used to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so, you're not going to be able to guess. Most people would not be able to guess the names on this list. Danny Glover. Danny Glover's not on the list. Al Roker. What I propose we do is uh, for each person on this list, I'm going to tell you their name and I'm going to give you as much detail about them and their life as possible. And then I'm going to let you try to guess what their crime was. (laughs) And then I'll fill you in on, on what details of the crime that I have. Are you ready? I don't know. I don't know if you are either, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start anyway. Okay. And again, these are in no particular order. Uh, I don't believe that the FBI ranks them, so uh, I'm just going to go in which the order they were displayed on the website when I was doing my notes this week. We have a lot of FBI listeners, and so if Andrew McCabe, James Comey, sure, all those people, J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover, listener of the show. If any of you. FBI guys and gals want to call us up and correct us. (laughs) Don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. One other thing is uh, another benefit covering this is uh, someone out there could help bring one of these men to justice and many of them, there is cash reward for information leading to their arrest. So, pay close attention. We're going to give physical descriptions and like I said, you can go to fbi.gov slash wanted slash top 10 and get a look at all these fellas. Is this how I'm going to find out that like my dad's on the top 10 or something? (laughs) He's not, but does your dad have a mustache? He did for a long time. There's a guy on here with a mustache. I'd turn his ass in for a reward. (laughs) Hell, I'd turn my children in for a reward. I should tell you before we start. Every person on this list does have one crime in common and that is unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. Unlawful flight? Yeah, they all fled to avoid prosecution. That's why oh, they're- I thought you meant like an airline flight. Hence, their position on the FBI's most wanted rather than most, we know where we are and we just need to go get them. Yeah, I was going to ask you, if, if is that the defining trait of a- what qualifies one to be on FBI's most wanted list? There's a few different sort of definitions or ideas about what puts one on it, but it's at its most basic, it is a person who has committed a heinous, dangerous crime and fled prosecution. Uh, whether they have remained in the United States and, and we don't know where they are now. Uh, some of them, there are some pretty good ideas. Uh, that, and that's kind of an interesting about this is that there are a handful of people on here who um, who may be in another country. Osama bin Laden was on this list at one time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know if Osama bin Laden ever, I, I'm not, I don't know if he ever set foot in the United States, although if he had, I'm sure it had been, you know, 30 years. So, it, being in the United States is not a prerequisite for this. It's uh, any old dickhead who's been up to no good. But the crimes they committed had to have affected the United States, right? Even if they weren't here. Correct. Or a citizen of the United States. Right. Is there anyone on this top 10 that has not committed murder? I cannot answer that. Well, I mean, is there anything on here that's going to surprise me and be like, that's, that earned you on the top 10 for doing that? I do that every day. Uh, one moment, I'm looking. Any jaywalkers in the top 10? There is one person on here whose crime is certainly heinous, but as far as I know, does not and did not include murder. Was it tipping the waiter less than 10%? We'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. So, let's get started. Got a lot to cover here today. The first person on the list, Lamont Stevenson. Lamont Stevenson was born in 1975. He was 39 years old at the time of the crime. Uh, so, it was just recently. I think it was that would have placed it in 2014. He's a black male between 5'6", five, 5'7", five, 220 pounds, black hair, brown eyes. If you want to know what he looks like, uh, again, go to the FBI website, but just in looking at him, he actually looks like a pretty sweet guy. His kind, Those kind eyes and a nice smile. You want to take this guy on a date or something? Jesus. So, let's see. There's not a lot else I can tell you about Lamont Stevenson other than his crime took place in Newark, New Jersey. That's surprising. No, no crime ever takes place in New Jersey. No, but this... Uh, This gentleman is the one I have the least amount of information on. His crime is fairly, seems to be fairly simple and straightforward. So, let's see if you can guess what it was. That's all the info I have to work on? Unfortunately, this is the the most difficult one is I think is this first one. So, I'm just just guessing blindly then at this point. Yeah. Okay. Did he kill someone? He did kill someone. Uh, Did he kill someone he knew? Yes. Did he kill his wife? Close enough to receive. We need a sound effect. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Let's just do that. You don't need a sound effect. Just do that every time. So get this shit. Lamont Stevenson is wanted for his alleged involvement in the murder of his fiance, Olga de Jesus. Wait, Olga de Jesus. As in, you don't fuck with de Jesus. Olga de Jesus. Is she related to Helga de God? No, but she was the owner of a dog who Lamont Stevenson also killed. Oh, shit. This son of a bitch. Put his ass away. He's wanted for the involvement in the murder of his fiance, Olga DeJesus, and her dog in their Newark, New Jersey apartment. They reunited very recently before her uh, murder at their 20th high school reunion and became engaged and then... Both Olga and the dog were found asphyxiated. Damn shame what they did to that dog. Hey, here's a question. If you if you just kill a dog that's mm-hmm. either yours or not, but you kill a dog, you know, in some violent way, or, do you go to prison for that? I don't know if you exactly go to prison. My guess is that you would probably get, you might get some time in jail or something, but I think it's seen as like cruelty to animals. I think I think the idea is that someone who's out there like killing dogs is well, not only are dogs off in someone else's property, but it's also an indicator that this is an individual who needs to get the fuck off the street. That uh, definitely describes Lamont Stevenson. So, if you're out there, if you're in the Newark, New Jersey area, there's no information on where he may be. So, I suggest you go take a look at him, at his picture. For most of these guys, there are multiple pictures and if you see him near a dog, don't wait to call the FBI, just choke that fucker out. He looks- I looked him up while you were talking. He looks like a happy young man, but- He does. He kind of reminds me uh, with his smile of Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris, as far as I know, has never strangled a dog. Hmm. Do we know why he killed the fiance? We don't. We don't. There is no information. In some of these cases, we are given some amount of motive or some indicator of motive, but in this case, no. So, he killed the fiance and then fled before or he left. It's not like he was ever arrested. He just... No, he just bailed. And there are some of these guys I think who were arrested and have fled but no, this dude, someone found his fiance and dog and he's not been seen since. And what's his uh, cash reward for... Actually, I see it right here. On Wikipedia, it's listed the FBI is offering a reward of $100,000 for his capture. So, if you can catch Lamont Stevenson or offer information leading directly to his arrest, that's 100K in the bank for you. What happens if multiple people help lead to his arrest? I guess they split it. I don't know. I don't know how often that happens. Yeah. So, Lamont Stevenson, dog killer and also, I guess, fiance killer. But Human killer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it, jerk. Yeah, hell, I'd call him a jerk. I think that's safe to say. He's a jerk. Lamont, you're a jerk. Listener of the show. Lamont Stevenson. Yeah, listen to the show. If we can find out who's downloading, maybe we can catch him. All right. So, I'm moving on now to the next suspect on the list. Weird Al. His, no, uh, this, guy, this guy's picture is extremely lame. Bob Saget. His name is Jason Derek Brown, aka Jason D. Brown, aka Derek Brown, <laughs> Greg <laughs> Johnson, Harlan Johnson, John Brown and Jay Brown. Where'd all the Johnsons come from? He just started making shit up. He was born in either 1969 or 1971. A lot of these guys use, as you might guess, multiple dates of birth to hide their identity. So, he's now about 48 or 49 years old. He is a white male, he's 5'10", 170 pounds with blonde hair and green eyes although at 48 to 59 years old, his hair is likely gray. Brown speaks fluent French and has a master's degree in international business. He's an avid golfer, snowboarder, skier, and dirt biker. He enjoys being the center of attention. He's been known to frequent nightclubs where he enjoys showing off his high-priced vehicles, boats, and other toys. I guess he's like... Wait, he's bringing... Yeah, he tows a boat to the club. (laughs) And and along with whatever his other toys are. If he's got a ColecoVision or a Commodore 64, he's... He's bragging about it. He's puffing out his chest about all this shit. They're like, booth or table? He's like, no, I brought my boat. I'll just sit yeah. in the boat. So, although he defaulted, he likes to present himself as a high roller, but he defaulted on at least one large loan and was racking up tens of thousands of dollars in debt in 2004, which is the year his crime was committed. He's also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and completed his Mormon mission near Paris, France. He has ties to California, Arizona and Utah. In the past, he has traveled to France and Mexico and he may be in possession of a Glock 9mm and a forty five caliber handgun. So, name that crime. So, he's 50 now, right? He's 50 but at the time of his crime, he was about 33. And it was at the time of his crime that all this was known about him, that he was a high roller. Yes. What did he do for a living? He imported golf equipment. So, did he actually have a lot of money or did he just put up the front that he had a lot of money? It seems like at one time he may have had some money but he, you know, one of those guys, one of those guys who probably like has a good job but, you know, constantly overspends or is in debt because he's making himself look like a bigger, he's trying to big league everybody all the time. Yeah. But like I said, I think this is, a, this is a, big key, a big key, big clue here that he defaulted on at least one large loan and had tens of thousands of dollars in debt leading up to the crime. I'm going to say he owed somebody money mm-hmm. and he killed them. That's a good guess. It's probably the same thing I would have guessed. However, it's wrong. He is wanted for first degree murder and armed robbery. Oh, robbery. Get this shit. On November 29th, 2004, he ambushed and shot armored truck guard Robert Palomares, killing him and fleeing with $56,000 in cash. How much? 56,000? Yeah, and I realize no amount of money is worth losing a life over. However, you would think attacking an armored truck, you know, in Grand Theft Auto Five, if you attack a grand th- uh, an armored truck and steal the loot out of it, you get tons and tons of money. This guy only got $56,000 in cash, which according to what I read, wouldn't even make much of a dent in his debts. Well, that's why he's just going to rob an armored truck every day, a different one. Yeah. So, after, after he committed this crime, he's fled with his 56000 in cash and I guess has not been seen since. Some of these guys have, you know, been spotted out in the wild but I wasn't able to find any information. <laughs> out in <the> wild. <laughs> I wasn't able to find anything on Jason Derrick Brown. But So, this guy, he stole this money. He killed the guy, stole the money from the truck. Yeah, this was this armored truck only had one driver or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I guess, I guess so. The driver had stopped, you know, had stopped at either like a bank or one of the stops and gotten out of the truck, and he just came up behind him and shot him. I think he shot him in the back of the head. He shot him from behind, and then took, you know, probably just grabbed a bag or or whatever was easiest to grab. Of course, the armored guard had no chance to draw his own weapon or protect right. himself. But he took, he took this money and then he fled. It's not like he paid his debts. <laughs> yeah. So, I get, you know, the motivation I'm guessing was to steal enough money to support himself for a while while he fled somewhere and started over. Right. It's been 15 years. That's what's so crazy to me. I totally understand why he's on the FBI's most wanted. But after 15 years, I'm like, how? You know, I say that. 15 years, it's long, you're never going to catch him. However, the- uh, I know you're um, going to bring up the- <laughs> The fucking original nightstalk. Well, yes. there's another tie There's another tie to him later on in this, uh, as we'll see. But you know, it, he killed that guy. Obviously, that's terrible, not discounting that. But it's not like he's committed a bunch of murders since then that we know of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the idea is that most people who have probably killed more than one person, you know, we're catching them. I'd say that, The fact that he is on this list is probably an indicator of law enforcement's overall success in catching people who are uh, accused of multiple murders. But he's only accused of one. Right. I'm saying that the reason he's on the list is because they haven't caught him. The reason that there aren't more people on here who are accused of multiple murders are because the more murders you commit, the more evidence there is and more likely they are to catch you. I'm just guessing. I don't know that that's true, but that could be one reason why a lot of these guys are Guilty of one crime and then they fled, not multiple crimes and they keep, you know, bonnie and colliding right. across the country. Because people get murdered all the time, every day. And not every murderer is on the top 10 list. It's the murderers that fled. Well, that it's like they have solid, solid evidence that, you know, it's all, it all says alleged and innocent until proven guilty. But in reality, they're like, yeah, this dude did it. I think the idea is that, like when you know someone did it and you have the evidence you just go get them. And the only reason these guys haven't got because they've fled and somehow evaded, evaded detection. Yeah. So, I looked this guy up. First of all, it looks like a total douche. He does, his picture from 2000, from whenever it was, he's got what looks to be kind of Jersey Shore. He's a white guy. He's got kind of Jersey Shore hair, you know, that kind of gel mm-hmm. pushed back and out. And his eyebrows look like they're manicured to a fine point. (laughs) He went to Laguna Beach High School. Oh. Everyone that grew up in Laguna Beach is a piece of shit. (laughs) Wow. Uh, What happens in Cabo stays in Cabo. So, that's Jason Derrick Brown. If you see this asshole out there, give the FBI a call. $200,000. Yeah, this guy's reward is $200,000. What you should try to do is catch all these guys. You'd be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't? Why don't people just do that and then they don't even have to work anymore? <laughs> bounty hunters? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we call Dog? You remember that guy? No, let's not do that. Dog the bounty hunter? I know who he is. I'm saying let's not call him. <laughs> did, wait, did, I never watched that show. Did he actually look down people like this? No, not like this. It takes place in Hawaii. So, he was getting people who had like, you know, posted- you know, a few thousand dollars bond or something and then skip their bail or whatever. They're mostly people who are in trouble for like a drug offense or assault or something like that. Did he work with the police? No, I don't know exactly what the requirements are to become a bounty hunter. You do work with the bail bondsmen, but like they can't carry guns. I think they all carry like pepper spray and tasers. It's weird. It's just... I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there are ex law enforcement professionals who go into bounty hunting or maybe people who used to be in the military who are trained in some way to be bounty hunters, but I know there's a lot of bounty hunters out there or some bounty hunters out there. I saw this one. There's uh I got to look up this YouTube video, but there were two women in their 40s or 50s trying to start a YouTube channel where they were bounty hunters. That was kind of the catch, you know. They're uh, the hook is that they're uh-huh. moms and they're bounty hunters and there's like one video of them just getting their asses handed to them. I can't remember what it was but it, it didn't work out. By the police? No, by, or- a, by someone they were trying to, to capture. Jason Derrick Brown? Yeah. Well, Jason, we know you're listening and it's safe to come home now.
1: <laughs> so, next on the list, this dude
0: is a real bad one. This one's nuts. The fella's name is Rafael Caro Quintero, aka Rafa. I'm going to go ahead and tell you his occupation. Thank you. He was the leader in the Sinaloa cartel and ah. the Caro Quintero Drug Trafficking Organization. So, he's a cartel leader. Those dudes are spooky. Uh, he was born in 1952, which would have made him 33 years old at the time of these crimes. So, 80s. 1985, uh, Caro Quintero Quintero was uh, 33 years old. He's a Hispanic male, 6 foot, 170 pounds, uh, black and now gray hair, brown eyes and of course, speaks Spanish. He was born in Sinaloa, Mexico. He's the oldest male in a house of 12 children. His, father's di- His father died when he was 14 years old and he began working to take care of Care of his family alongside of his mother. His his work in, in drug trafficking began when he was like fourteen or fifteen. He started growing uh, marijuana uh, in a small field, and real, like that's how he got his start. This is in Mexico, right? Correct. And then became like I said, leader of the Sinaloa cartel and the Caro Quintero drug trafficking organization. So I'll give you one more hint: multiple crimes. This is not just one more murder. Oh, that's the well, hint. I, I there is a little bit that I can get, a little bit more that I can give you. So he's been on the run or or hiding for a while. A Huffington. This is nuts, by the way. What I'm about to read you is crazy. A Huffington Post journalist visited him in his home in Mazatlan, Mexico. And I hope I'm pronouncing these right. I'm trying. Uh, in April 2018, so less than a year ago, a journalist visited him. Uh, he's old and frail. He is unable to live the lavish lifestyle of a drug lord. Uh, he spends his days saying that he wishes to live in peace. And he also spends his days looking for drones. <laughs> okay. Because he's extremely paranoid. I have a lot of questions. Okay. Number one, if a Huffington Post journalist traveled to his home, then why was he not... I have no idea. I mean, it has, must have to do with extra... Extra to extra tradition, extraterrestrial probing, extradition. Oh, okay. Which is what? Well, extradition is when you're wanted for a crime in one country. So, if he's, want- he's wanted by the FBI in-, in the United States, and if he was captured by the Mexican authorities or law enforcement, he would be extradited, he would be sent to the U.S. Like in cooperation with the United States to prosecute him for his crimes, they would send him to the United States to be tried. So, that's the, that's the big thing with a lot of these guys who have or some of these guys who have escaped and fled to another country is even if you find them in that country, you have to work out the extradition process, which I would guess in some cases is much more difficult than others. In some cases, it's probably pretty straightforward. So, Mexico is not cooperating. I don't know. It sounds like, uh, I don't know. It could be that he's old and frail and they're like, we're not going to go out, you know. in it sounds like he's also in a very isolated place. So, it may not be worth the time and effort to drag an old frail man out of the countryside and then send, ship him off to the US. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I th- Doesn't he know that the US is the number one country in the world? <laughs> it's the land of freedom. <laughs> he just can't help himself. <laughs> So, he can't help himself. I got to go over the border. He can live the American dream. Okay, second question, the drones. So, he's just paranoid yeah. that the government's after him. Yeah, or yeah, some uh, some government. Yeah, sure. So, I'm surprised he let an American reporter to his home. Could, I can't explain it. Uh, the details around that were scant. Scant. Listen to you. So, do you have any guess about what crime... Crimes he committed. Now, I'm sure he's committed more crimes than this. Okay. And these are the crimes that the FBI is specifically after him for. But he's in Mexico. He's a Mexican citizen, Mexican yes. cartel, but the United yes. States is after him. Yes.
1: He ordered the murder of one or more
0: American drug rivals. So I like the way you're thinking. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Yeah, how unfortunate. You're very, I think you're kind of in the same vein as, as him ordering uh, a killing based on their business. Every drug lord reference I have is from Breaking Bad. There is an element of Breaking Bad in here as you are about to learn in about two seconds. One, two. Rafael Carro Quintero is wanted for the kidnapping and murder of DEA special agent. DEA special agent, just like Hank. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, DEA special agent Enrique Kiki Camarena. <laughs> You're right, Kiki is just like Hank. He's wanted for the kidnapping and murder of this DEA agent named Camarena in 1985 in Mexico. Also, Camarena's pilot, Alfredo Avilar, American writer, John Clay Walker, and a dentistry student named Alberto Radalat. He killed all four of them? Or ordered it. So, listen to this story. Caro Quintero is accused of ordering the abduction, torture, and murder of writer John Clay Walker and dentistry student Albert Radalot. Wait, wait, wait. Albert Radalot? Albert Radalot. You're telling me this guy was killed mm-hmm. and his name was Radalot and he was killed with a writer? Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? Yes. On January 30th, 1985, the two Americans were dining in a Guadalajara restaurant when they encountered Caro Quintero and his men as they accidentally walked into one of Caro Quintero's private parties. Authorities believe Caro Quintero had mistaken them for US undercover agents. Oh my god. So, get this shit. Uh, this is what was fucking unbelievable to me. So, you are, so there's two guys, an American writer and a dentistry student. I'm not sure where the dentistry student is from. So, if the dentist's name was read a lot, then maybe the writer's name, Did you? what'd you say his name was? Was it Floss a lot? John Floss a lot? Yes. <laughs> John Clay Walker. So, they're at dinner. I, it's not also not clear if they were at dinner together. Sounds as though they may have been. So, you're at dinner at a restaurant. You go to the bathroom. Texas Roadhouse probably. Right. Maybe you get turned around a little bit and you stumble into a room that is housing a private party and all the, it's like the record scratches (laughs) and all these dudes turn and look at you. And this Caro Quintero dude was so paranoid, he ordered that they be kidnapped because he suspected they were undercover American DEA agents. Imagine like you're just a writer or a dental student You're like uh, Hermie the Elf from Rudolph yeah. and (laughs) you accidentally walk into the wrong room. Those guys are like, you're a fucking undercover agent and you're like, uh, no, I'm studying teeth and this guy's a writer and they're like, don't believe you, we're going to torture you till you're dead. And those dude, cartel dudes, cartel dudes torture. Cartel dudes are rough. Imagine that, just torturing them and asking, asking them to admit what they know or that they're an undercover agent and there's nothing these guys can say. So, anyway, they were- Do we know for a fact that they weren't undercover? No, nah, they weren't because there was a DEA special agent. That's Enrique Camarena. Oh, yeah. And his pilot and they were, they were killed, I believe it was that the, they, had, they exploded the airplane. Oh, shit. So, yeah, he's uh, wanted for all that shit. But why did he kill those guys? Just because there was a DEA coming to yeah. investigate him? In that case, he knew for certain that, the, that it was an undercover DEA agent. And these two guys, these other two poor guys, they just wrong place, wrong time and aroused the suspicion of a, of a cartel leader. So, he is now, uh, let's see, it would make him about 67 years old, reportedly not in great health. If you happen to visit Mazatlan, Mexico, scoop this guy up. Bring him back. I looked him up. His, You want to know his nickname? Oh, I didn't, I didn't see another nickname. What was it? According to Wikipedia, his nickname is Narco of Narcos. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Does that have something to do with the show, Narcos, you think? I mean, that's, I would assume. He's like drug kingpin of drug kingpins. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he looks like a nice grandpa in the older picture, but But yeah, but he I see that picture. He looks a lot older than 66. Yeah, he does. He does. I think he's been doing some hard living. He's lived a rough life. Oh, look. There's a clip from season 1, episode 1 of Narcos where somebody saves Rafael Caro Quintero. Oh, wow. I I have to watch that show. It's got a lot of great actors in it. It's got a lot of great reviews. Is that the one where Kimmy Schmidt lived in a bunker her whole life? I mean, <laughs> yeah. came out? It's a comedy. <laughs> All right, next on
1: the list. Hang on, we're going to pause here for a minute. Okay. If you,
0: is there any situation where you would do a Walter White? And become a, a drug yeah. maker? A drug dealer? Yeah, let's say
1: that you were in Walter White's position. He mm-hmm. had cancer,
0: insurance sucks. Let's say you didn't have the rich friends and you wanted your family to be financially set after you're gone. Is drug trafficking something you even consider? And I'm, and this is on the record and being recorded. No, I have too much anxiety. Yeah, it seems like nothing good can come from it. I would have constant diarrhea. It would not be worth it. Wait, are you talking about today or are you talking about in this? You know, your diarrhea wasn't one of the symptoms of your illness, but you're just eating up with it. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to handle that. I could barely handle watching Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, hell of a show. Okay, next on the list, Alexis Flores, aka Mario Flores, aka Mario F. Roberto, aka Alex Contreras, aka Alexis Contreras. Alex Flores, he was born in 1975 in Honduras. He is a Hispanic male, he's 5'4", 140 pounds, black hair, brown. five 5'4"? He's, he's a little, and he, in his pictures, he does not look like a hardened criminal. He looks very, he has a kind of a boyish face. 5'4", 140 pounds, black hair, brown eyes, light complexion, occupied as a handyman. He has a large surgical scar on his neck as a result of an injury sustained in Hurricane Mitch in Honduras, 1998. There was a reward for $100,000 for information leading to his arrest and I can tell you now that he is believed to either be in his native Honduras or possibly returned to the United States. But why would he return here if he's wanted? I do not know. Cool. But that's what the FBI thinks. There's a chance he may be still be in the US. So, that's all I can tell you about him. How's the ass? I have no idea on the ass. The FBI did not list any- it, has, it is a light-complected ass. <laughs> yeah. What do you think the hair level is on it? Probably pretty low.
1: Yeah. Well, we don't have any ladies on the list, but at least we have an Alexis. Am I supposed to guess his crime now?
0: Yeah, you can try. That's just, this one's going to be a little bit more- well, tell you what, no, it's- uh, not to say it's more difficult. Go ahead. He's 5'4". Mm-hmm. 140 pounds. So, he's small. Smaller than average. It's his
1: crime stealing magic beans from a farmer in an attempt to grow said magic beans
0: into a beanstalk. I can't believe you guessed it. Cool. No, it wasn't uh, stealing magic beans. It was kidnapping and murder. Oh, okay. I was close. it's It's a fascinating story. In 2004, Police in Arizona came to Flores' residence in response to a noise complaint. In America, he gave, yes, in Arizona, uh, he gave the police uh fake identification, and so he was arrested on a felony charge of provide you know of uh, having false providing false identification. He was not in this country legally. Yeah, we got to build a wall around Honduras next. Am I right? Nope. Tell me way to make America great again. The more walls, the better. Nope. And as part of that felony charge, his DNA sample was added to the FBI's CODIS database, which is where all DNA samples from felons are supposed to be added to. And then he was deported to back to Honduras. So, two years later in 2006, his DNA was matched to evidence found on the body of five-year-old Iriana de Jesus, another de Jesus. What are the odds of that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It struck me as well. Matched to evidence found on the body of five-year-old Iriana de Jesus from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, he showed up in the area as basically a hobo. He was a drifter looking for work. Called himself uh, Carlos. A handyman, a local handyman, hired him and gave him a job, shelter. And clothing. And then this girl went missing. She was found in an abandoned building, and a t shirt was found with blood all over it. The handyman who had hired Alexis Carlos Flores recognized that t shirt as one he had given to this drifter, Carlos. And of course, the drifter had by this time moved on. It sounds like this would have never been solved had it not been for someone making a noise complaint against him which led the authorities to arrest him on a felony charge, take his DNA sample, and then uh, deport him to Honduras. Now, since he's been deported, that's why they're saying he could either be in Honduras or like, I don't know why he would come back to the United States, but but evidently that's one of the things they think he may have done. Was the five-year-old just a random? It, she wasn't? No, I I don't think she was... I don't know. They, they don't say how he met her or how he found her. Uh, they do say that she was sexually assaulted, strangled and then wrapped in a trash bag. Uh, so, Alexis Flores, big fucking dickhead, if you see this guy out there, if you're in Honduras listening right now, keep on the lookout for this baby-faced dickhead with a scar on his neck. Yeah, look down at your feet because he'll be low to the ground. And I'm not going to say, I'm not implying anything but if something were to happen to him. I'd be okay with that. (sighs) Man, I wish I like my Jack the Beanstalk scenario better than this. No innocent little girl was killed in that one. Yeah. So, that's Alexis Flores. Again, you can check out pictures of these bozos on the FBI's website. Uh, But unless you're on Honduras, uh, you may not find this fella. Yeah, he does not look like uh, I would not have pegged him for that, but you know. No, he's kind of baby-faced, but he does seem a little empty behind the eyes. Yeah. It, what's the reward for him? Do you know? $100,000. Hmm. Uh, so, speaking of $100,000 reward, that's the same reward you can get for the information leading to the arrest of Santiago Velabo Mederos, aka Pucho, aka Stretch. Pucho? Pucho. Pucho. And I'm going to call him Pucho. Is, is Pucho a bad word <laughs> in Spanish? I better look that up. I don't know. Hopefully, it just means stretch or tall in Spanish.
1: Oh, it, it's a—it's uh, like a cigarette butt. Makes
0: sense for a nickname of a person. All right, so cigarette butt, uh, Santiago Medeiros. He was born in 1991 in in Tacoma, Washington. Oh, he's a young guy. He's young. He's a United States citizen. He's a Hispanic male, five ten, 140 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. He's another one on this list who looks. He looks much younger than his age. Uh, Scars and marks. He has a tattoo on his left shoulder of the letter S, presumably for stretch. And a tattoo on the right shoulder of the letter E. And I don't know what the E is for. Probably everything bagel. It could be the E for east side because he's a known member of the east side Lakotas Sereno gang. He has ties to Washington State. In the states of Guerrero and Morelos in Mexico. And if he's fluent in English and Spanish. And in being a little twerp. Oh, yeah. Wait till you hear this crime. It doesn't get much twerpier than this shit. Take a guess. So, he was in a gang. Yep. In his late 20s now. Yeah. The crime took place in 2010, so he would have been 19 years old. Oh, I guess that's why he looks so much younger in this picture. He was, well, actually, no, they didn't t- <laughs> They didn't take his mugshot and then let him go. So, he must have been 19 or younger in this photo. Yeah. Man, I don't know. It definitely sounds like a gang related, almost sounds like
1: a gang initiation type thing. Did he rob a random? No, not, I don't see robbery on here so, he killed somebody. Pucho, yeah. He killed
0: a child? No, I think these are technically adults, young people. 18-year-olds. So, what Pucho did, he's wanted for his alleged involvement in several crimes committed in the Tacoma area in 2010. In February of that year, he allegedly fired multiple shots into a random car, killing a 20-year-old girl and seriously wounding her brother. Uh, And then in March, He got into a fight where he fired a single gunshot towards bystanders and he killed an innocent 21 year old male victim. He since fled. And uh, if you happen to be in the Washington state or Guerrero or Morelos states in Mexico, Santiago Pucho Medeiros, cigarette butt Medeiros. Well, I doubt he's in Washington still. uh, I don't know. I. Some of the endings to these stories are just so fucking out there and far-fetched. In fact, we're going to get some, some, some of that far-fetched crazy stuff uh, in just a few minutes. Unfortunately, nothing uh, about the potential capture or even sightings of Pucho Medeiros. He was just a young kid when this happened and he's managed to stay hidden for nine years now. <laughs> what an asshole. I mean, okay. Yeah. In Caro Quintero's case... I'm not saying what he did was okay, but I get it, right? Two random people walk into your party and then try to act cool about it. Hey, like To oh. your drug lord party, right. I get right. it. And you're like, no, fuck that. I'm, uh, I can't take the chance that they're uh, an undercover agent. Let's torture him and kill him, right? But just driving around with your gun and like, I'm just going to fucking shoot random people. I mean, not all of these people deserve to be in prison for the rest of their life, but... It's sad that someone so young... Could be in a gang already too. Uh yeah, he was. Eastside Locotes Soreno gang. So uh, if you're listening and you're in that gang, leave me alone. (laughs) I didn't write this. I didn't I'm just reporting. I'm sure they'll be like, oh well he did ask nice to leave him alone. (laughs) So yeah, hundred thousand dollars out there for uh information on Santiago Pucho Medeiros. Pucho. So this next one is fucking crazy. You ready? Buckle up. No. No, I think we sh- let's end the podcast here. I think we got enough for one episode. Oh no. I couldn't I can't I couldn't sleep without talking about this. Now to clarify, when you say sleep, do you mean your normal bedtime sleep or one of your many old man recliner naps during the day sleep? Uh either one. This would keep me up not being able to talk about Robert William Fisher. Now, before I continue, does his name ring a bell? (sighs) Kind of, but he has three very common names. He does have three common names. His name kind of rang a bell. His crime definitely rang bells. I'm interested to see- But you're saying he's on the wanted list for ringing bells? Yeah. No, something much more heinous than ringing bells. Uh, So, Robert William Fisher. But he's smiling in this picture I see of him. It can't be that bad. Presumably, he has no mug shots taken before this. So, he's one of the few people on here uh, who doesn't have a mug shot and uh, was probably fairly happy when his photo was being taken. He was born April 13th, 1961 in Brooklyn, New York. He is a white male, 6 foot, 190 pounds, medium build, brown hair, blue eyes, although his hair may be gray now. He has surgical scars on his lower back. Fisher is physically fit and an avid, out, excuse me, avid outdoorsman, hunter, and fisherman. He also has a noticeable gold crown on his upper left first bicuspid tooth. He may walk with an exaggerated erect posture. A what? And his chest erect, erect, erect posture, and his chest. When they say exaggerated, do they mean he's bullshitting it? No, no, no. He's an exaggerated erect posture and his chest pushed out due to a lower back injury. Ah. So, he's just standing up like super, super straight with his chest pushed out. He is known to chew tobacco heavily, uh, which is gross. He has ties to New Mexico and Florida. He is believed to be in possession of several weapons, including a high-powered rifle. And that is all the information I can give you on him other than he was married and had children. Did he kill someone? Yes. Did he kill more than one person? Yes. Did he kill his family? Yes. <sighs> I'm going to read you this and you tell me you tell me what bells ring, okay? Robert William Fisher's wanted for three counts of first-degree murder and arson of an occupied structure. In 2001, Fisher and his wife Mary had been having marital troubles. In the weeks before her death, this was in 2001. Just remember that In the weeks before her death, Mary had told several friends that she was going to divorce Fisher. Fisher had told a hunting uh, buddy that he was renewing his commitment to his marriage and his faith because he, quote, could not live without his family. A neighbor heard a large a- argument uh, on April 9th at 10.30 p.m. On the morning of April 10th, 2001, Mary was shot in the back of her head in her bed and her children's throats were cut. In the hours just before their house exploded at 8.42am, Fisher had pulled the gas line from the furnace and lit a candle, giving him a 10-hour head start to flee before the house exploded with his deceased family inside. Horrible, horrible story. Does it ring any bells? Is this like in a movie or something? No. No. It doesn't ring any bells for me. So it it does uh, ring bells for me because there are at least two other guys I couldn't remember their names. But there's two other cases similar to this that have happened since then. In fact, I thought this was one of the more recent crimes committed by a father against his wife and children. But then I looked back and no, this was in two thousand one. No, since then there has been another man who killed his whole family and burned the house down. More recently, there was that guy who killed his whole family and then his wife and his kids and then he stuffed them into this like pipe or uh, oil drum or something and the opening was like only like six or eight inches wide. So, he like cut them up and stuffed them in there.
1: uh, uh Reminds me of the Bever brothers too.
0: Obviously, different circumstances but two brothers killed their whole family. Yeah, let's uh... Why? A little bit off topic but... Uh, for those of you out there who have not heard of the Bever brothers, that's B-E-V-E-R. Their names are Michael and Robert Bevers. Without getting too into it, because it's certainly its own podcast, less than a mile from where Nick and I, we didn't live together, but our houses were very close. We visited each other in the night frequently though. <laughs> yeah. To, to practice for our podcast, of course. <clears throat> yeah. Less than a mile from where we used to live, two brothers aged I think 15 and 18 at the time attacked their mother, father, it was either four or five younger siblings with knives. The mother was stabbed like 40-something times in the face. Yeah. The baby was unharmed. There was a toddler or baby that was unharmed. They had planned to harm her though. Yes. They just didn't get to her. And their 13 year old sister survived the attack and is now living with with family members. It's an extremely fascinating case, horrible case. Well, the the worst part about it is that they had planned to go on a killing spree across the country. They had a bunch of ammo delivered to their house. The day following the murder. So the murder was interrupted, or one of the. Please showed up in the middle of all this. One of the siblings, one of the younger children. Called 911 during the attack. So he got out a small amount of information saying his brothers were attacking his family and he was also killed. Uh, But the police showed up during the murder. The brothers uh, ran behind their house. There's a creek running behind it and they hid in the creek. Um, You can see in their uh, mugshots that they'd been laying down in some muddy grass or something hiding from the cops. Of course, the police dogs found them very quickly. Robert Bever, if I remember correctly, Pled guilty, right? Yeah. And is serving out his sentence. He has attempted suicide in jail or prison. His younger brother, Michael Bevers, I believe pleaded not guilty or pled not guilty. Insanity plea, I'm pretty sure. Insanity or placing the blame upon the older brother for influencing him. Uh, you know, despite doing all that research, I cannot remember where that case is right now against Michael Bevers. Well, anyway, it, it just really struck a chord with us since we live so close to it. But if you want to know more about it, the podcast Sword and Scale did do an episode on this a few months ago. Mm-hmm. You can find out more there. But this guy, Robert William Fisher on the America's Most Wanted, he kills his family, burns the house down, flees the scene and has not been seen since. Yeah, for, that, for 18 years. Yeah, that's crazy. If you, Brandon, if you... <laughs> oh, no. If you needed to flee the country... If, if I popped my inflatable family... If you popped all your inflatable family, let's just not even be specific. Let's just say you were wanted for a crime, even if you didn't do it. Okay. But you knew you had to be in hiding for the rest of your life. What would you do? Where would you go? Hmm. And you only had up to 10 hours to make a plan, get away? Yeah. Probably head towards like the desert in either Arizona or Nevada or Utah or maybe even Alaska. Obviously, not desert in Alaska, but Alaska is another place where I think people are people who wind up in Alaska are probably fleeing something. Right. Everyone in Alaska is fleeing something, every single one. (laughs) But the desert, I mean, where would you... People could find you in the desert. I don't know. Do you mean you'd live in the wild when you say that? (laughs) Yeah, I'd live like a rattlesnake. I don't know. I guarantee I would just get busted. I would start driving somewhere and I would... Get tired, and I would just check into like a holiday inn and go to sleep and wake up arrested. I mean, it wouldn't be if you had 10 hours, all you'd have to do is book a flight to you know Mexico, and then once you land, just start going. So, how do you get if you had to live in Mexico, how would you get over Montezuma's revenge? <laughs> but that's something you get over, I assume, after living there for a while. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you got to be born with a special kind of gut. Got to be born drinking that water. I'd say someone that is capable of slitting his own kid's throats and then burning the house down might have a... Jesus Christ. Might have a gut that's
1: uh, more apt to handle things than you and I. All right. Continuing on, we have four
0: more most wanted fellas to get through. Next on the list is Alejandro Rosales Castillo. Uh, He was born November 26, 1998. So, he is 20 years old. Wow. Is is his crime really recent? His crime is recent. Uh, He's a Hispanic male, 5'6", 190 pounds, black hair, brown eyes. He speaks English and Spanish. His last known residence is Charlotte, North Carolina. He has ties to Phoenix, Arizona and Mexico. Is he born in America? Does not say. Okay. Does not say. I think a lot of the ties to Mexico uh, for, some, for some of these guys may be like family members. Yeah. Or in the case of the guy who is in the gang in, in Washington, if that gang <laughs> has like a Mexico chapter. <laughs> Do you like how it's like Charlotte, Phoenix and Mexico? Mexico, this huge, vast country. Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, a, pin, a city you can pinpoint in Mexico, a big, big country with tons of countryside. Uh, so. He didn't live much of a life, you know, to gather details on before he committed a crime. Okay. Any guesses?
1: Uh, So, he's young. What year did his crime take place?
0: Uh, 2016. He was 17 years old.
1: Oh, wow. Was he in a gang? Not
0: that I'm aware of, no.
1: Is it murder?
0: It is murder. Did
1: he murder a sibling?
0: He did not murder a sibling.
1: Did he murder a parent? Nope. A friend, neighbor.
0: A friend. He murdered a
1: coworker
0: that he had borrowed money from. Well, who who hasn't done that though? <laughs> like instead of then mowing you, I mean, just I'll kill just him. Make you dead. Throw my ass on the top ten, then Jesus! I, I've done that a few times today already. In 2016, Castillo was 17. He texted his coworker, 23-year-old Sandy Lay. I think it's Lay. L E. Is that Lay? I don't know. Let's say sure. Le. Sure. Uh, saying that he wanted to repay some money that she had loaned him. So, he owed her money. Okay. Another co-worker named Amia Feaster. Feaster? I hardly know her. <laughs> Amia Feaster drove Castillo to meet Le. Le was last seen at the quick trip where she had agreed to meet Castillo. Which, Castillo, that's pretty stupid on your part because... Quick Trip has tons of cameras, as do most convenience stores. It is believed that Castillo forced her to withdraw all the money from her bank account, and then he and Feaster drove Leigh to a remote wooded area and shot her in the head, and dumped her body and fled in Leigh's car. Feaster surrendered herself to authorities in Mexico a couple months later. She was extradited back to the U.S. And charged with accessory after the fact to murder and larceny of a motor vehicle. Get this shit. She's currently out on bond. What? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't get it. (laughs) It sounds like he is most likely in Mexico. If that's where, if they escaped together and she was found in Mexico, I would say he's most likely there. But why weren't they together? I wonder. I don't know. She says she surrendered herself to authorities in Mexico. So, I guess he's holding out. Enjoying those burritos. It's just like, again, I get a crime of like, I have to cover this big thing up or an undercover agent is going to bust my drug cartel and send me to prison, cost me millions of dollars. I'm not saying it's a good thing to do, but I understand that motive. But like, how much money does a 23-year-old have in her bank account? Yeah, I know. And it was a coworker. And I'm, yeah. if he's 17, I'm guessing it was, you know, like a restaurant or something yeah. that they worked at. Look, I'm not trying to tell you guys how to be criminals, but don't text the person you're about to kill. Don't meet them at a place that is covered with security cameras. And then don't steal their car when you leave. I mean, I guess if you do all those things, that's why you have to flee to Mexico. Where did this take place? Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. And I didn't know they had Quick Trips in North Carolina. Yeah, I think Quick Trip was founded in North Carolina. Are you serious about that? I think so. It was founded in Tulsa. I don't think it was founded in Tulsa. Quick Trip is a Tulsa-based company.
1: Okay, but they...
0: God, okay. I'm going to feel so good when you're wrong. Yeah, you're right. Headquarters in Tulsa. Hell yeah. Something about North Carolina, though, with them. All right. Well, um, Brandon, if a mm-hmm. close personal friend, let's say your best friend, other than me, mm-hmm. uh, your best friend in the world
1: came to you and said, Brandon, I killed someone <laughs> and I did it out of self-defense, uh-huh. but it looks really bad. Please don't tell anyone.
0: Well, first I would ask, why the fuck did you just tell me that?
1: <laughs> I don't want to know that. Would you report your friend? Hmm. I don't know. I guess,
0: if so It's it was in self-defense, but then my friend like hid the body or something? Yeah. It was self-defense, but he was worried that nobody would believe him, so he... No, and here's why. If I was uh, single and had no children, I would probably shut my mouth. But if I get in trouble and go to prison... Because of withholding information? Right, then, then I'm my But how would family. anyone even know that you knew? They always find out, man. I watch, I watch investigative discovery, I watch forensic files, they always find out. They always do. I, and I couldn't take the chance. They never found the West Memphis Three true killers. Well, in this age of text messages, no, I, I, would, I can't do it. Let me make
1: a note here real quick. Don't tell Brandon about the dead body. Okay. So, let's get back to the list. All
0: right. This next fella. What a piece of work. Greg Allen Carlson. He was born November 2nd, 1971, making him currently 47 years old. Is that right? 48 years old? I don't know, my math sucks. He's 47 or 48. 48. This year is 48. White male, 5'11", 170 pounds, brown hair, green eyes. He may be in a possession of a stolen pistol. He may be traveling in a stolen white four-door... 2017 Hyundai Accent rental car, previously resided in Santa Monica, California. Uh, I could tell you his crime was recent. Was it for
1: stealing a rental car?
0: <laughs> uh, no, that came later. Okay. No, you don't get on the most wanted for stealing a rental car. Well. This one is the one, okay, I'll t- just go ahead and tell you now, this is the guy who reminds me of the original Night Stalker. Because of his crimes? Yeah, he hasn't killed anybody. Okay, so he's raped people. He's a raper, yes. His crime is assault with intent to commit rape. The FBI called him a hot prowl rapist, meaning that he broke into women's homes while they were sleeping and raped them, like the original Night Stalker. Yeah. So, get this shit. He was arrested in Los Angeles. In September 2017, on charges of burglary, assault with intent to commit rape and assault with a deadly weapon. He secured a $1 million bond by putting up his mother's home. <laughs> so he okay. gets in trouble for this, sells his mom's home to make his $1 million bond. With his mom's help, right? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. And then he fled to South Carolina. He then fled South Carolina with a stolen gun and the stolen rental car. On November 22nd, 2017, he led police on a high-speed chase through Hoover, Alabama. So, he was seen as recently as November 2017. Cops were on his tail chasing him and the police had to break off the pursuit uh, due to safety concerns and he got away. (laughs) Hold on. I'm just breaking news. One of my producers just handed me this piece of breaking news. Greg Allen Carlson update. He's dead. On February 13th, uh, a mere nine days ago, FBI went to arrest him based on a tip in Raleigh, North Carolina. Carlson was armed and he resisted and he was shot and killed. Where was he staying like in a flea bag hotel? I don't know, it didn't say. Yeah, you're supposed to be doing these little beeping sounds every time I get an answer right. No, the beeping sound was the breaking news. No, I know, but that reminded me of the beeping sound you made earlier in the show. Oh. Well, ding 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 ding. I'll remember it now. For the next two if you get it right. Now that that was a, a breaking news bulletin. <laughs> Brandon's bulletin. Yeah. He's dead he's uh but he's still on the list he's list he's still on here uh, and there's a little red banner uh, at the bottom that says deceased hmm. how many women did he rape that they know it says multiple i don't know hmm. a lot w- one is pl- one is more than enough one is a crime
1: now let me ask you another what if scenario question okay let's say that you committed a crime, and it was a bad crime, murder, could be self-defense or whatever, doesn't really matter. If you thought there was a chance you could get away with it, would you or would you just go to the cops and try to explain up front first?
0: Oh, I would try to get away with it. If you explain up front, you're getting in trouble. Yeah. If you don't explain, there's a chance you might not. Yeah, but if you explain up front, there's also a chance you can
1: explain it, like if it's self-defense.
0: I don't know. They always say, like, don't talk to the cops because they could trick you. So, speaking of the West Memphis Three again. You can get, yeah, you can get, uh, what was that kid in, uh, making a murderer? Well, don't talk to the cops. I mean, like, you can bring your lawyer with you.
1: Oh. Do you have a lawyer? (laughs) No. Yeah. So, if you were in trouble.
0: I would get a public defender.
1: You would? You wouldn't try to find a lawyer?
0: No, I mean, I only know one person who is an attorney, but he's like a, I think he's a divorce attorney. Call him. He wouldn't help me very much. Is someone that's a dif- uh, a divorce attorney even eligible to defend you in court in uh, like a murder case? Eligible, yes. Competent to? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, like you can bring on any lawyer you want. That's up to you, right? I guess so. Yeah, I think so. As long as they're what of, you know, they pass the bar. Pass the bar. Getting law lessons here on the Tennis Podcast. From someone who knows nothing about the law. We don't know anything about anything. People still listen to us. All right. This next guy, I remembered this story. And let's see if you remember this as well. The next guy on the list is Yasser Abdel Saeed. He was born January 27th, 1957, making him 62 years old. He is an Egyptian male, six foot two, one hundred eighty pounds, black and gray hair with a receding hairline, brown eyes. He has a dark brown spot on the lower left side of his neck. Assuming that is uh, a smear of chocolate. <laughs> he always wears. I love this description's great. He always wears dark sunglasses indoors and outside. Uh huh. He frequents Denny's and IHOP restaurants. Yeah, who doesn't? And he smokes Marlboro Light 100 cigarettes. Who doesn't? He has ties to New York, Texas, Virginia, Canada, and Egypt. Hang on, read that sentence again. New York, Texas, Virginia, Canada, and Egypt. Okay. One of those does not belong. One of those is not like the other. Loves dogs? Especially black and tan colored German Shepherds. God, they're so specific with this guy. He is known to carry a weapon at all times. Who doesn't? He is reported to have been very controlling of his family. He was believed to have felt that his two daughters, Amina age 18 and Saris age 17 had dishonored his family by refusing to adhere to traditional standards of Egyptian cultural behavior. Yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't think that for their kids? He married Patricia Owens in 1987. Patricia later alleged that Saeed was abusive during their marriage. They also had an older son named Islam Saeed and another daughter from a previous woman born in 1987. Uh, The girls, uh, Amina and Sarah, showed up to school in Texas with signs of abuse from their father. Uh, Mother would not allow them to seek medical attention. Uh, Saeed spied on his daughters uh, by video or audio taping them without their knowledge. Amina wrote in emails that her father intended to kill her. When Amina was 16, Yasser Saeed took her to Egypt to arrange a marriage to a much older friend of his, but Amina rejected the marriage. Sarah got an after-school job working at a convenience store, and Yasser videotaped her at work and punished her for smiling too much at the customers. Amina began dating a boy, but she hid the relationship from her father, she would use code words to cut off communication with her boyfriend when her father was around. Her boyfriend stated that Yasser regularly threatened to kill Amina, and she knew he meant it. Uh, Yasser would beat Amina trying to learn the boyfriend's name so that he could kill him. God. Can you imagine growing up in a household like this, by the way? This guy is a absolute sociopath. So, he killed, killed his daughters, right? Killed his daughters. Uh... On January 1, 2008, Yasser took Amina and Sarah to his taxi cab, kissed them, and told them he was taking them out to eat. He drove them to Irving, Texas where he shot both girls to death in the taxi cab. But Sarah managed to call 911 before she died stating, help, my dad shot me, I'm dying, I'm dying. Yasser's taxi was soon discovered outside a hotel by another taxi driver. Yasser vanished. The FBI believes he may be driving a cab in New York City. He has allegedly been seen driving in New York and at Newark Airport. What an idiot, if so. It's $100,000 reward leading to his arrest. Do you remember this story? No. But if people have seen him in New York City, why is he not taken in by now? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have to assume he's uh, working under a different name. Uh, but this occurred in 2008. Uh, I remember it. I remember hearing about a dad who was super conservative, traditional, but they shot his own daughters because... For no reason, really. They were just trying to live normal lives, sounds like. They were just teenagers, yeah. right. Sad. Uh, abusive and controlling asshole, Yasser Abdel Sayed. If you see this at jackass, he kind of looks like... Mario. He has a big mustache. He looks kind of like the let's make a time to make the donuts guy. (laughs) He's a jerk. If you see him, get him. Tackle him. Uh, Yeah, don't. He's evidently he carries a weapon all the time. But he loves dogs, so. Oh, God. All right. So, we're we're to our last one on the list. Uh, The final uh, in the FBI's top most wanted list. And this fellow's name is a handful. His name is Badresh Kumar Chetanbhai Patel. Yeah, that's my middle name. Henceforth referred to as Patel. He was born May 15th, 1990, making him 28 years old. He's an Indian male, five foot nine, one 165 pounds, brown hair, brown eyes. Donut shop employee, employed by Dunkin Donuts. Time to make the donuts. That's a weird connection. Wait, he he worked Dunkin' Donuts? He worked at Dunkin' Donuts in Newark, New Jersey. God, all these people in Newark. If we learned anything, stay the fuck out of Newark. And be a woman because they are not on the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Originally from, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this correctly, uh, Gujarat, G-U-J-A-R-A-T, India. He's okay, from India. Originally from India. He has ties to India, New Jersey, Kentucky, Georgia, and Illinois. India is a small little town. What do you want to guess his murder was? Or goddammit, <laughs> his crime was? <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess he murdered a coworker. He did murder a coworker who was also his wife. Oh, God. He worked with his wife at a Newark, New Jersey Dunkin' Donuts. For some reason, he stabbed his 21-year-old wife, Palak multiple times with a large knife. Now, he is- At at the Dunkin' Donuts? At the Dunkin' Donuts. He is on video before and after the killing. Ugh. So, he's last seen taking a hotel shuttle to Newark Penn Station the day after the murder. He had a visa to be working in the US and is believed to still be in the country. So, this guy kills his wife at Dunkin' Donuts. He knows there's cameras there. And it's not like everyone didn't know who did it. So, it's so he's in a hotel in the area the next day. I don't know how he got away. I, I don't get it either. Surely he has like a fake ID? His name is extremely recognizable. I mean, I can't say it on command, but I would recognize it anywhere I saw it. In this country, a Bob Fisher or a Jason Brown can probably disappear a little easier than Badrash Kumar Chetanbhai Patel if they're going by their actual names. Yeah. Badresh Kumar is going to have a tougher time blending his name into a crowd. So, he killed his wife on camera? No, the the murder is not on camera. He is seen right before the murder, I think holding the big knife and then he's seen right after it too. The murder is not on camera. I got to see, there's a video here. I think the video is him walking in one direction and then after the murder, walking in another direction. It's two minutes. Let's see.
1: It shows him and the wife. His wife follows him into like this back corner. hmm It says after killing, he walked to his apartment. Where he changed clothes and grabbed cash and his passport, he took a taxi to a hotel near Newark airport. Yeah, there's
0: a video of him checking in at the hotel. It's so weird. Anyway. So, there you have it, everybody. The FBI's current- Oh, we did it? Current 10 most wanted. We did it. Unless you don't count the guy who is deceased now, as of just last week. Pucho. Pucho's still out there. Yeah, get Pucho. Take a look at that website if you recognize any of them. If you get the 100000 throw a bone my way for tipping you off. Well, that was an interesting list. Different take on our usual format here, but I dug it. A little true crime, a little true crime thrown our way. Brandon, how many times have you been on the FBI's Top 10 Most Wanted? And how many times was it for something related to your butt? I've never been in police custody. You haven't? No, I'm not a big... Not even someone saying, damn, look at that butt, arrest that man. <laughs> <laughs> the way you work it is a crime. <laughs> who is that? Is that the cop? <laughs> no, that's the who turned me in. Someone just saw me walking around and said, that's too much. <laughs> arrest that man. Call the hotline. Well, speaking of people that should be arrested, let's read a few iTunes reviews. Okay. These people should be arrested. am just going to say it. It's <laughs> a hot take. I mentioned the Extra Cheese podcast earlier, which you should go give them a listen. They also wrote us an iTunes review. Here it is. They said, I planned on listening to one of the shorter episodes just to get a taste, but I accidentally listened to like three or four more. Whoa. I hate that when I'm doing something for just a taste and then I accidentally listen to four extra hours of- You accidentally gorge yourself? These guys are great. The idea is fun and it sounds like they have fun making the show. Keep it coming. If they only knew. They only knew. Yeah. It's a slog. So, that was the Extra Cheese podcast. Thank you for that. And then I have one more here from Ashley who says, 10 out of 10, nothing better than being entertained while you're being educated. Hell yeah. Edutainment. And I had to wonder, did she leave this review on the wrong podcast? No, I think we're at the top of the edutainment category. We're ranking high on that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want us to read your review, we will read it no matter what it says. Just rate us five stars and leave a review on iTunes. Please. Brandon, this has been fun. For all of our listeners out there on the top 10 America's Most Wanted list, uh, you can leave us a review as well and tell us your whereabouts and we promise not to turn you in. <clears throat> and stay away from my house that's that. We'll be back next week with a whole new Top 10-ish list. I'm Nick. He's Brandon. Thanks. Don't get murdered. Don't get murdered. Don't be caught for murder unless... Actually, you should be caught for murder. Yeah, get caught. Get caught when murdering. Goodbye.